The Small Queendom Podcast, episode 65. You're listening to The Small Queendom Podcast with me, Leah Graham, wellness advocate, self-healer, entrepreneur, and Enneagram 3. Tune in each week for holistic personal development and wellness, the Enneagram, and other lifestyle topics. Basically, I like to talk to people, try things, and share here to help you rule your queendom with ease. If you like the show, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share it with a friend. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is another in the series of Here's What Happened, and it's definitely a change of pace. I have Adam back on the show with me two weeks in a row, hon. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about what happened when the Grams went to Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) before adam and i dive into our disney experience which i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you we had a great time i want to let you know that next week i will not be publishing a podcast on monday we're gonna be doing a bunch of uh, thanksgiving travel and uh, i'm not gonna be able to put out a show next week no worries and then also for uh, december the schedule is i'm going to publish one possibly two more episodes before the holiday but i'm going to be taking time to spend time with my family enjoy the activities going on in my community and also be prepping new episodes and recording new shows so we can start january off you know on on the on our best foot forward you've got a couple more episodes uh, left of 2019 with a small queen of podcast and then we will be right back on schedule once 2020 gets here gosh hon can you believe it's 2020 do you remember Y2K? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness there hasn't been a repeat of that. That was crazy. People thought that the computer wasn't going to turn over time, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Time is a kind of a difficult thing to handle in a um, in software. <laughs> I think people watch like The Matrix too much. It's possible. And people didn't really understand computers uh, terrible, uh, you know, as well as they do today. I don't feel like they didn't exactly carry one around in their pocket all the time. So, Well, that was 20 years ago. Everyone was sitting in a circle when the clock struck midnight. Yeah, I think I was asleep. <laughs> okay, let's get into Disney. First off, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. I thought it'd be fun for us to do this episode, hon, because we are not really like the Disney people. You you know the type out there. There are the families that do Disney hard. You know, they they are like pros at Disney. They have a spreadsheet with a plan. It's what they do every year for vacation. Um, you know, generations of their family have gone to Disney. It is like a way of life. Well, that's not it for us at all. As a matter of fact, we kind of have been you know, putting off our Disney trip because it felt so overwhelming. Yeah, and um, I had never been, and it sounds like you had been uh, uh, when you were just little, little, little baby. Couldn't really hardly yeah, remember like any of it. Eighteen months. Uh, so really, it was a it was a first time trip for all of us. And you know, frankly, I don't know if everyone else feels that, but I know that we uh, did it a while. I think we were a little hesitant. I mean, number one, our kids aren't you know the. We were thinking that our kids weren't really the right age to go, but I think I feel like we were kind of hesitant or resistant to it before because, you know, for a lot of people, it feels like Disney trips are kind of like a status symbol, you know, having a nice car or having a large home and going to Disney is kind of like a status symbol thing. So it's almost, uh, you know, you feel kind of bad if you see all these other mothers, you know, going on Disney trips and you're not taking them yourself, you know. Um, I imagine it can be kind of a, a an issue, and I think we... we um, 
had a little bit of strange, you know. We're not too really, we're not really interested in like keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, and so that's kind of what, you know, it, it can kind of sour you to the idea. But um, we're here to tell you it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we yeah. have friends who are the pros, the Disney you know, for lack of a better word, I'm sure that there's some Disney word for it, but I'll call them Disney fanatics. Mm-hmm. And then we also have friends who are like anti-Disney and they don't like it at all. So we didn't know where we were going to fall in line, but I'm going to go ahead and say, I think I said it already, but we had a really spectacular time. It was pretty wonderful. Nora Day is six and Peter turned three the day that we traveled home. And the reason why we went ahead and squeezed our trip in is because children are technically free until the age of three. So what that means in Disney terms is um, we did not have to pay for his, you know, part of the lodging. We did not have to pay for um, his admission to the parks. And we were also on the meal plan, which means that if we went to a buffet, he was able to eat for free. Um, If we went to more of like a, like a takeout kind of place we either shared with him or just simply like bought his own food. Um, but so it was a significant savings to go when Peter was free. Um, so that's why we chose that time. All right. So let's go ahead and outline this. My first tip, if you are a Disney person, um, you probably know like all these things and you're going to think, Oh, you forgot to tell me about this or that. My goal of this is to just, if you are not a Disney person, for me to kind of give you the lay of the land and maybe help you feel not so intimidated by it. I've had several people say, oh, Leah, I've wanted to go to Disney, but it just seems so overwhelming. So my number one tip for if you are new to Disney or have not gone yet is get a Disney planner. So this is really cool. It's a service that Disney does. Uh, They have all of these uh, vacation, Disney vacation planners that they pay commission for, but are absolutely free for the customer. And so this is uh, not a sponsored ad, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, Danielle Williams from A Key to the World's Travel. I will put her info in the show notes. She was absolutely incredible. I really appreciate the time that she took to kind of talk to me about the things that were important to us in our Disney vacation. And, And I believe that, you know, most of these Disney travel agents will do this. I just had a really great experience with Danielle and I really appreciate her time. Um, she gave me excellent, excellent recommendations on the food reservations that we needed to make at the different parks. And we really did not have a bad meal. Um, and I think that when you're looking at your Disney vacation, I mean, I thought it was just going to be like hot dogs, hamburgers, and pizza the whole time, French fries, which is actually not appealing to our family at all. I mean, sure, for one meal, it's fine, but... Yeah. Maybe half of us would would be would find that appealing, but the other half would not. But she really knocked it out of the park, helping us find a good balance of like where was going to be like a really good buffet, where was going to be a good uh, place that you order off a menu. We felt really good about the food, so I'll put her links uh, below. So our trip, we arrived on a Monday afternoon. Um, we immediately uh, we went to our hotel room because it was available, and then we immediately hit Animal Kingdom. Tuesday, we went to Magic Kingdom. Wednesday, we went to Hollywood Studios. Thursday was originally supposed to be our rest day, which is typically when Disney people go to the pool or just hang out around their resort. But um, the schedule didn't work out to, to this. So we actually went to Epcot on Thursday. And I would say one of our regrets is that Thursday was not a rest day for us. 
um, because our children were tired and Epcot was not our best day. <laughs> very hot. Yeah. yeah, it was very hot. And then Friday was our rest day. We went to the pool, had a great time, and then we went to Mickey's uh, very, a very Merry Christmas party on Friday night. And then we traveled home on Saturday. So I, I want to talk a little bit about you know, the cost of Disney. So I, I think I, what I want to say about Disney is you can spend all your money at Disney or I think that you can actually stay within your budget at Disney. It really depends on how you want to travel. So a lot of people will kind of play the game a little bit and they'll use points for their hotel rooms or they will buy um they'll buy the equivalent of like disney timeshare kind of that's basically the equivalent um and so they'll they'll get a little bit of a deal but it can be confusing so when we were thinking about our budget we were looking at the disney resorts and i knew that we were going to fly directly into orlando because if you fly directly to orlando you can have the Magical Express, which is this big old charter bus that Disney has um, to pick up their guests. If you fly directly there, they will pick you up and they will return you to the airport. That was a really big plus for us because one, it meant that we did not have to bring car seats. Two, it meant that we did not have to rent a car. Three, we did not have to pay for parking at the resort a daily rate at the resort and we did not have to pay for a daily rate of parking at the park so those costs in mind I decided that it would be the best use of what we valued to stay at a Disney resort on site so sure could I have gotten maybe a deal off site yes but I think it would have been a wash and this was way more convenient yes and they can shuttle your uh your checked baggage um both you know arriving and departing yes there were special tags that you put on your luggage that are yellow and when you arrive at orlando i mean it's disney world so they tell the orlando airport mm-hmm. what to do with your luggage yeah there's a special place there they had attendants who like knew the disney experience they're part of it the bus was super clean the stroller went there super fine they had little TVs and everything like in the bus. So very kid friendly. I mean, they were kid friendly and the transportation was kid friendly. I couldn't imagine, you know, uh, a, a more like efficient and and uh, way that just worked better for our family. I'm sure other people uh, agreed, you know, it just made for a very nice way to introduce yourself to the idea of getting around Disney without a car and this new place, you know. Yes. So I didn't realize how big Disney World is the grounds it's massive isn't it hun yeah and i don't know if you want to uh if if it's a convenient time to go into it here but you know that actually does play into your a little bit of your consideration of exact uh, like maybe where you want to stay or what you want to take into account it takes a little bit of time to get to the uh, to the different parks yes okay, they're let's not talk about just that. right next door <laughs> so so it took us about um probably an hour from the orlando airport yeah, it's like 45 we minutes had to stop like that, at yeah. other resorts to drop off guests and then they we stayed at um, the port orleans riverside and the reason we chose this and we'll kind of talk a little bit about um a little bit about budget so there are three different levels of resorts at disney world there is um budget resorts there are moderate resorts and there are deluxe resorts so basically you've got you know your lowest price point to your highest price point and we picked a moderate resort 
we wanted to have a room that was fun for the kids. Um, and then we also wanted to make sure we had a good pool. Those were pretty much my considerations when it came to the resort. Uh, there were some other considerations and we just we landed on Port Orleans because we were able to go into their royal guest rooms which had this really cute decor of the princesses all around the room it was a princess tiana room from princess and the frog um and then there were just really some cute frames with all of the princesses and all of, the, of their uh, corresponding prince princes and then the headboard of the bed was pretty cool it had this scene um, I don't even know how to... It's like a garden It's a scene. bayou, I think, uh, in the oh, movie. You know, okay. it's like a forest, uh, it's a kind of swamp setting. Very like a garden bayou, but it had at night, like, you know. LED lights that made like a fireworks show. I mean, it probably lasted like 30 or 45 seconds. Yeah. Kids wanted to hit it every time. I mean, the kids loved that. <laughs> and then like the, the sinks, uh, the faucets were kind of like Aladdin's lamp. Yeah. It was, it was just really cute. So tasteful, yeah. that's why we chose that room. Okay, so I think you need to decide how you like to travel. Like, do you, when you stay somewhere, do you like to, you know, go to a really nice hotel and have a great concierge and just have everything to the nines? Like, do you want that kind of experience? Well, they have that at Disney. Or are you like a Best Western kind of person? You know, you want your your budget value, just kind of in and out. We're not in the room that much. They have those at Disney. We were somewhere in the middle. Um, I think it just depends. What do you want to spend and how do you like to travel? Mm -hmm. And then see if that matches up for you. Well, and what we were saying, you know, transportation wise, you know, if, if you if the purpose is to kind of be at the resort and then make it efficient to get to the parks, understand that. Not only the budget of the room, you know, comes into play, but there are, you know, uh, resorts that are closer to certain parks, resorts that are further away from a certain park. So, for instance, I think definitely in the considerations we had, the room and the grounds and the resort we stayed in, perfect for the, you know, budget we had set. It was quite a bit further, I think, from the parks than what you might have expected or definitely, you know, further away than some of the, say, the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary. And so you do um, you do have some kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call them, those less visible, you know, aspects of the trip. So if you don't mind sitting in the bus for a little while longer, maybe you don't have quite younger kids or you don't mind that, um, you know, that's not as much of a consideration, but you know, our resort, for instance, the Riverside had four stops on that <laughs> resort because it was a very large resort, right? So even though it, even after it took 20 minutes to get to the resort, you would have to stop at four stops. So, you know, you just have to be, if you're accommodating, that's great. If you're really looking for efficiency, sometimes you're going to have to look at something like, you know, the Grand Floridian where you just hop right on the monorail and then you're at Magic Kingdom in, you know, three minutes. So they definitely have other trade-offs like that. Yes, so what you're talking about is the different ways to to be transported. So there's the monorail, there is the bus, there's the boat. Um, <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's some resorts that have a boat transportation. And now they have the gondola, which is like the, the skyliner situation. And the minivan. <laughs> and, and the minivan. So we mostly use the bus. Now we also had, we must be a glutton for punishment because we took our Bob double stroller and Adam literally had to fold and unfold that stroller, every time we got on the bus, every time we got off the bus. Yes, it's a law, apparently. You can't have the full uh, uh, stroller unfolded. Well, and they and they pack, well, they don't pack it, but, I mean, people get on the bus, so it's very full. Yeah, there's no place for it. Like, there's no stroller area or anything like that. Yes. So I would recommend you keep, 
you know, I found out the second day, if you have stuff in the stroller, you have something to put the stuff in and the stroller is clean and you don't have to worry about anything <laughs> falling in or out. out the stroller. You know, the kids get out, the stuff is in the backpack and the stroller is clean. But otherwise, listen, if you can have an awesome stroller there, that's not a bad yeah. way to go about Norday it. Norday was six and she <laughs> basically sat in the stroller. If we weren't on a ride, she was in the stroller. And it was really great because Peter took naps most days for like an hour and a half or two hours in that stroller. So for us, you know, Mm -hmm. not everyone listening is going to have children that need to sit in a stroller, you know. So if you didn't have a stroller, the bus, I think, is no big deal at all. And it's very convenient. For us, it was five minute walk to the bus, a 10 or 15 minute wait for the bus. From our resort to Magic Kingdom, it was 25 minutes. So it was, that felt like the most exhausting part. So I think the next time, while we did enjoy our room and we had a great time at the pool on our pool day, um, and it had a decent, our resort had a a good uh, dining court and a really fun Mm -hmm. arcade that was super reasonably reasonably priced, I think that we would pick a different resort. So one that Adam already hinted at is um, there is a monorail, which is basically like that that Disney train, you know, essentially that's above ground that you see, that kind of quintessential Disney. And it goes to the Grand Floridian, which is a very more of their high-end experience resort. Um, they also have the monorail go to the Contemporary and then also the Polynesian. That I think would be super convenient because you can get on and off that super quick it's fast um and you go through security at the resort so kind of the monorail is almost part of the park so it really you know it it puts you kind of up up front when it comes to actually getting in the park you know Mm -hmm. so i would say if you're planning your first trip you need to talk about the ages of your children with your disney travel agent and the the ways that you can get to the different parks from your resort because that's going to you know, factor in to where you stay, I think. But I mean, we did the whole bus situation with a double stroller with two kids. And while it wasn't ideal and there were a couple long trips, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, I'd do it again. It's just, a, you know, just understand it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, Totally. Okay, so let's go park by park. Um, I think all of that's important. You know, I feel like we spent a lot of time on that. But the transportation, I didn't realize what kind of a big deal it is like to get to and from the parks. Cause mm-hmm. I think it also affects how you plan your days. And if you go in the morning and then you go back to your resort in the afternoon and then you go back for the evening fireworks show. Okay. So our first day we arrived, we got to animal kingdom. So we knew going there that we were going to regret not having more time in animal kingdom. And I think what my motto was the whole trip. I'm sure you heard me say it all the time, hon. We're not going to see it all. We're not going to see it all. And so that's what I'm going to say for you. If this is going to be your first time to Disney, you're not going to see it all. There's no way you can see it all. You would not have a good time if you did see it all. Um, So we really decided, um, especially when I was talking to my travel agent, we picked our top two or three things that we definitely wanted to see or experience. So the shows, the characters, or the rides. What were important things? And the way that I decided what those things were is I just talked to friends that had been to Disney many times, if they had comparable age of children as we did. And then I just was on Disney's website a lot. I will also say that I listened to a ton of the Budget Mouse podcast and a couple other podcasts. But um, 
there's a podcaster named Leah over on the Budget Mouse, and she does a great job with all things Disney on her podcast. And that really helped me know what our family was probably going to enjoy. So we went to Animal Kingdom first. We started out um, actually eating at the Tusker House, and it was a buffet. Now, I never go to a buffet uh, in my normal life, but in Disney World, it's actually a really cool thing. Now, I will also say that I went uh, with a gluten-free dietary restriction. I'm currently off of gluten just while I heal my gut. And um, I put that on our dining reservations. And so every time we would check in for a hotel, at a hotel, a restaurant, they would say, and who has the allergy? Okay. And then they would give me the special menu that had all of the, um, all of the dishes on the buffet. And it would say, if it was okay for my dietary needs or not. So I would say that Disney does allergies and dietary restrictions really, really well. They do it really well. Um, And so I think you can still eat pretty good and feel pretty confident. And they really take it seriously. I, I felt like I never felt... Like I was being, like I was inconvenienced, or that I was um, missing out. I did gluten free the whole time. I didn't cheat. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, what did you think about Tusker House, hon? Yeah, well, I think we were both uh, surprised by how good of a buffet it was, and um, uh, it's definitely something you would you would plan to do. And the Africa section there, in general, was uh, was very surprising in terms of just. Um, you know, as a first introduction into just how kind of immersive the entire experience is, that was definitely a, um, surprising. I think what what surprised us uh, most, though, at that time is just how excited our kids would be about seeing the characters, <laughs> <laughs> which they typically are around the like they have they those buffet sort of experiences. Those dining experiences are typically paired with um, uh, with uh, characters. Yes, yeah. and. Um, I, the idea of meeting characters for me, I was like, characters. Yeah, my and kids a, aren't gonna like that. And especially like in the age of Pixar, I w- you know I figured, well, they're not really gonna care about Mickey Mouse so much because you know I, I don't even like identify with Mickey Mouse all that much. You know, we think of Toy Story or like, um, you know, the newer films or something. But um, but our kids really got warm to it real fast. <laughs> so we're sitting, we have our buffet food, and all of a sudden, here comes was it Goofy first. I think, I think it, was it was Donald first. Oh, Donald. Okay, Donald then Goofy. In this uh, Savannah British, you know, uh, like nineteenth like century garb, hat yeah, and like khaki outfit. Yeah, so adorable. And of course, I grew up with Mickey Mouse and, and all the friends. And I don't know what it is about it, but our children adored it. They yeah. absolutely loved it, and immediately it was one of our favorite things. Shout out to my friend Ashley. She gave me the sweetest gift right before we left. She gave us a book um, that ha- is basically like the encyclopedia of the characters. And so we just had a Sharpie with us. And every time we met a character, we would turn to their page in the book and they would sign it. And it was just, it was all so sweet. Um, and then Goofy came, Mickey, and then Daisy. Mm-hmm. Peter jumped out of his seat and ran to Mickey and Daisy. And he he loved her shoes. I mean, it was just precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the benefit of that as well, if you if you try to um, wait in line for the individual characters that are around the park, which they do have those stalls for them, that's quite a bit of wait time, actually. So really, uh, I found uh, it very advantageous to do those character-type meals 
because you didn't have to wait in any line. You're already there. You have to sit down, take a rest, you know, eat a little bit, um, and then the characters come to you. So you're not wasting your time sitting characters. in a line. Yeah, it could be very tough to see the characters in a different environment. It's very convenient that way. Yes. Also, a great thing about um, well, let's talk about the meal plan really quick. So there again, there is budget. There's a middle, and then there's like a deluxe uh, meal plan. The budget is. All you get is uh, quick service meals. And a quick service meal is kind of like that. Your food comes in like a little basket or like a like a small plate kind of thing. Or maybe it is the burger and fries or the sandwich and fruit cup. Um, the, uh, the, the middle uh, tier dining plan, which what we, what we got is for Norday, Adam and I, all of us got a, a sit-down meal, a table service. So that would be like a buffet or a menu kind of place. Um, we also got a quick service, which is more of like a, you walk up and you get your basket of food. And then we got two snacks. So a snack can be anything from like a bottle of water or an icy, or it can be like those, you know, very stereotypical pretzel, Mickey Mouse ears or ice cream. Um, so at the buffet, like we even were able to order like a, an adult beverage if we wanted that, uh, it was included, and yeah. it was included for us. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty awesome. I wanted to make a note about the food. So we did do the middle range dining plan. And what I was most amazed at is that I've always, I always felt like we ate really well and Peter was eating as much, if not more than Nora Day. So we were buying off of our account like our banked amount of points so basically they put all of your meals in like your own little disney account bank so instead of saying like adam has this many snacks or leah has this many meals it's just like all together yeah or this one per day yeah it it was a big bank of it we were buying extra for peter and i felt like considering we didn't even have credits for peter and we were buying for him that the dining plan definitely was for sure worth the value and we even had a few snacks left over that we were able to redeem for snacks in a gift shop. I was really happy with what we spent on the dining plan and like how much food I felt like we were able to enjoy. Yeah, it'd be a little bit difficult to eat more than we did. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Even if we had it available. Um, another thing about if you were brand new to Disney... You want to talk to your travel agent about... Listen, I'm just assuming that you're going to get a Disney travel agent to help you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would be silly to try to take it on completely by yourself if this is your first time. Um, here's one thing I had a really hard time wrapping my head around, hun, is that we had to plan our reservations 60 days in advance. Mm-hmm. Because at places like the Tusker House where you meet four characters... That is really like we could not have just walked up and gotten a table. Like there was people wait sitting around and waiting, and they looked like they were going to be waiting for a while. Um, but we were able to just like go in and walk in essentially. Yeah. Anyway, it was rarely much of a of a wait, you know, to get sat once you were there for your reservation. Yeah. All right. Highlights of Animal Kingdom. Again, we knew we were not going to see it all. We had to make choices. Peter is. Um, he was above the thirty-eight inch mark. But he wasn't going to be able to get on everything. So, no, we did not go on the Flight of Passage Pandora ride that everyone raves about. But it, the line was, we did not have a fast pass for it. And the line was nowhere under 80 minutes the entire day that we were there. And so we just had to make choices. Um, so, highlights for me at Animal Kingdom, we went to the safari. And I would say you would only want to go to the safari either or first thing in the morning 
or, you know, around five, five o'clock or later. And that's when it's cooler. And that was such a highlight. We were sitting in the back of this huge old, you know, safari kind of thing. And we were riding around the pride and there are the lions. They're waking up. And as soon as we're driving by the, you know, the Papa lion roars, it was incredible. Yeah, it was a little bumpy. We were right there at the back of the safari. <laughs> but the kids really liked that. Um, I feel like um, Animal Kingdom felt like open, you know, wide. And, and it even if you couldn't go on a bunch of the rides in the particular areas, uh, there was always something to look at, something to interact with. Um, and uh, every area we went, in, we went into just had something special about it. So it's really the sort of place where you, if you'd like to wander, I think that would be one of the parks where you might want to uh, wander around. They, they, uh, the dinosaur section that they went to, <laughs> that we went to at night, and the little, um, uh, um, kind of, uh, what would you call it? like a county fair sort of, you know, mm-hmm. look to it. I think you can look on uh, uh, Leah's Instagram for a picture of of us at night there. Uh, that was real fun uh, too. So I, I don't think there's a bad area in uh, Animal Kingdom, even if all you did was just walk around there. Um, but but you know, definitely the safari there, uh, the 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 Yeti uh, Everest ride is a little frightening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for you, uh, you went on that. Kids. I actually took Norday on that. It was pitch black dark. I don't know if that was a bad parenting decision. It wasn't her favorite, but I think she was fine. Yeah, she liked she just fine. about every ride, but that was one she did not like. So you know, if hey, if you're planning ahead and you want to pick your fast passes, uh, um, you know, uh, intelligently, then maybe if you got a six year old. Maybe that one's not the best one to go on. <laughs> so our kids honestly love the little rides that you get in the little, you know, whatever it is, the magic carpet, the Dumbo, in this case, Triceratops, and you just go up and you spin around and around. Spin around. in a like circle. Our kids love that, <laughs> just spinning in a circle. Yeah. So we did that Triceratops spin in Animal Kingdom. It was dark out, but the lights were adorable. It just had such a sweet feel. The music was great. There was no line. We walked onto the thing three different times, and they loved that. I mean, there is something that was so delightful, just knowing that our little children loved that ride. Now, I don't know if families with older children love Animal Kingdom as much, but our kids loved it. It was just simple, and it was sweet, and it was just right. It was their speed. Yeah, even a half day, Nora said that it was the best day ever. (laughs) (laughs) and she had no idea that there were you know four more days left and i'll say uh, before we move on to the next park one thing that we did that was really fun is we had nora day get her face painted at in pandora yeah they have a number of good face painting areas i think in animal kingdom yes but that was especially good that was worth every penny i mean i think it was like 24 dollars. yeah you can't get face painting like that at the state fair like you just won't find i mean this is not like the balloons on your cheek situation Mm -hmm. whole face (laughs) very quality paint it would have stayed on the next day, and it did a little bit if it didn't get smudged. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was. I have, we have some really sweet pictures of her with her face painted. That was worth every penny. Before we move on to Magic Kingdom, I want to talk about fast passes because I did not understand what it was. So, just in a normal amusement park, you stand in line, right? You you imagine just standing in line forever and ever and ever, and you spend most of your day standing in line. Like Adam and I went to Universal a couple years ago just us it was kind of a spontaneous day and we had we had a great time together but we stood in line for hours and hours but here's one thing that disney has that's really cool as part of the experience um you get something called fast passes and this is basically something that you do through the app disney has an app um you reserve a time 
that's called a fast pass where you can basically show up to the ride, skip the line and walk on. You can, so let's say your fast pass for Peter Pan's flight, flight of Peter Pan at Magic Kingdom, um, that is from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. That means that up to five minutes before 10 a.m. and up to 15 minutes after 11, um, we can just walk up to Peter Pan's ride and basically, you know, skip the monstrous line. So that is something that takes a little bit of time to wrap your brain around the strategy of that. Again, your, um, your planner can help you with that. And listening to podcasts, kind of, they, they, the podcasters really help you know which rides to fast pass. Mm-hmm. This part can get pretty overwhelming. And it also is where all the strategy geeks get kind of crazy. Um, but I will say, because I did have a little bit of a plan, I think it helped us a lot at Magic Kingdom, especially. So Magic Kingdom, we rope dropped, which means we got there early. I mean, we tried to get there early. It was it was a long trip to Magic Kingdom from our resort. So we got there before the rope drop because we had a, a breakfast reservation at Be Our Guest. I would highly recommend Be Our Guest. It is Bell's Castle. You are in the Grand Ballroom. You can also sit in the West Wing where it's dark and moody and there's thunder and there's the rose. And you can also sit. There's another section too. Um, it's kind of magical. We ordered ahead and I want to say, if you go, you have to use your app for the mobile ordering on any quick service restaurant. So you get to skip the line. If you're used to ordering your coffee on Starbucks or ordering your pizza from Papa John's or ordering, I don't know, your Chick-fil-A on your app, it is the same thing at Disney. Mm -hmm. So did you see the massive line that we skipped? Every time. I didn't know why people were waiting in line. It made no sense. (laughs) I have no idea why people did not use the app to order Mm -hmm. online. It it literally takes, as long as it takes you to just read over the menu items, which there aren't a lot of menu items, um, the the menus are pretty focused. So anyway, we ordered, we walked in, and I grew up watching Belle, so that was super fun, and I enjoyed it. And then it was kind of magical, because, like, we didn't know how they were going to know it was us, you know, they're kind of walking around. The staff is walking around with these really cool carts with the food on it. And I'm like, how do they know it's us? But Hey, they figured it out and they brought our food and it was great. They even had gluten-free pastries for me. And that was heaven. I forgot about those until now I got to eat like lemon cake, like lemon pound cake. And I hadn't had that in months and months and months, or like I hadn't had anything like that in months. And Mm -hmm. that bite with my coffee was just right (laughs) we had um an early morning reservation for that by the time we left the rope had dropped and people were already getting on lines um and the rope drop is just kind of like basically imagine like target on black friday night or whatever and you're standing in line outside of target like people aren't violent but there's a lot of people and they are all probably trying to get to the same mm-hmm. two or three rides. Yeah, it's kind of like a I mean, people would view it as like a, an extra fast pass, right? So if you can get there really early when there's very little of a line, you may have to wait in a line, but it's far shorter than it would be later in the day and then you don't use your your fast pass. So definitely if you've got a little bit older kids and you can just be there a little bit early, 
and even if you just want to look around a little bit because you know you get there's some park there to look at ahead of time it's kind of nice to see but the nice thing about the breakfast like that was you didn't just stop at the rope you went even in, you know in further into the park so you were already in the park by the time you were done yeah so we came out of the breakfast and we ate for a little while so it wasn't a short thing we could have gotten out a lot faster yeah and you know one thing that i like that we did hun is that I tried not to feel rushed, you know, because I imagined that I would feel rushed mm-hmm. this whole trip. And I, I really tried to tell myself, take it in, enjoy, you know, because the Disney artists, the Imagineers, they put so much into everything there. Like mm-hmm. even the trash cans are cute. Let's be honest, yeah. you know. So because we weren't so hurried and rushed, maybe, yeah, did we miss out on doing a couple extra rides? Yeah. But I think that it was the right pace for us. So we walk out and we're right at uh, the mine train, which we never got to go on because of a series of errors. Um, mm-hmm. But there was already an hour worth of wait at it. Um, so let's talk about highlights for Magic Kingdom. Highlight for Magic Kingdom for me, one, we got to go on the Peter Pan ride. I was a huge Peter Pan. You know, the, um, the, the song, You Can Fly, You Can Fly, You Can Fly. I love that song. It makes me cry every time. And the Peter Pan ride, you're like in a pirate ship. Our kids, honestly, were super grumpy. Um, even though we had the fast pass line, we still had to wait about 10 or 15 minutes on that. Yeah. Everyone else was waiting over an hour. Um, but we had about a 10 minute wait and they were really, really grumpy. Yeah, the fast pass kind of almost sometimes gives them the impression that they don't have to wait in lines. <laughs> so when they actually do have to wait in a line, it could be a little bit a little bit strange. But what we would find is they would think that maybe it wasn't worth it in the line. And then every time they every would time. experience the ride, it was something they were like happy to, to hit. But be prepared for the highs and lows of line you know, pay off line, pay off. So. Totally. So for me, a highlight was Peter Pan's um, ride because of the nostalgia. And then we also found a time when there was only about a 20 minute wait to see Rapunzel and Princess Tiana. And I would say that that was a highlight because Rapunzel and Tiana were on point. Like <laughs> Nora Day and Rapunzel were absolutely adorable. Um, they had a conversation about frying pans it was so sweet. And then when we got to Princess Tiana, I told her, I said, Princess Tiana, we're staying in your room at our resort. And without skipping a beat, she goes, oh, did you get my letter? And sure enough, there was a letter, you know, that is in each room embossed on the table, on the table yeah. embossed, signed by Princess Tiana. It was like, it was very magical. And Norday has even said that that Princess Tiana was her favorite. Princess Tiana and Vanellope. Yeah, she hadn't even seen the seen the Princess and the Frog movie before that. But, but since she met Princess Tiana, she's watched it several times. And she said that was a highlight for her. Yeah, and she loves mm-hmm. um, the songs. And then else, I would I would also say that the fireworks um, in the evening. We actually cut Magic Kingdom short. Um, and we missed, that's when we missed our Fast Pass window for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Because I do it. did the fatal error of, well, not fatal. I did the massive error of giving Norday a drink that had some red dye in it. Big gobs of red dye at the uh, bottom. And I don't know. I think I just didn't realize that it was there. or it, it Something didn't commute, compute. Anyway, her attitude went from, like, fine, kind of tired child to just very grumpy yeah, and unhinged just yeah. <laughs> unhinged it was remarkable mm-hmm. so we went home to our resort early at about two o'clock 
and we didn't get back to Magic Kingdom until about seven, and it torrential poured for forty five minutes. <laughs> we got soaking wet, and then we went on a few rides. And Nora loved the Monsters um, Inc. laugh, like their little laugh show. It's a it's a adorable show that is silly. And, but it was great. If it would have been like a hot day, it would have been the perfect time to like take a chill in the air conditioning. Nora loved it. And then we went to the fireworks show and I totally cried when like, cause you know, they play the, the songs that you love and there's like a million melodies of all the great songs. And there's like the lights in the shows that correspond to the songs. And I just had this memory of like standing next to Nora Day when the song love is an open door. And it was like, Oh, I love that song anyway. And, um, and the fireworks were just like, it was perfect. I don't know. What were some highlights yeah. for you from Magic Kingdom? Uh, I like the Haunted Mansion, which you didn't get to go in, but just classic, you know, classic Disney. Um, uh, a lot of the same things uh, that you that you had there. Um, and, you know, just being, just seeing the, the um, you know, the decorations and everything there. Uh, I mean, you'll touch on it later. We, we did, we went back later to do the Christmas party, but, um, you know, it's just classic uh yeah, nostalgic, you know, Disney, it's like a, it's a, like a time capsule there at the be at the beginning, you know, but I mean, really in general, I think Ma- Magic Kingdom actually ended up being kind of our least, oh, least yeah. like favorite park, you know, as far as what we kind of like really enjoyed or identify with. It's very hectic. It just feels hot, like a tense energy there a little yeah. bit. At least we had it. I don't know if it's universal, but um, it wasn't our favorite but obviously it's one of those most kind of classic, you know, well, we spent epic. the time that we were there. We spent mostly in fantasy land because we have young children and that is where the rides are for the young children. Mostly, you know, for the majority of them are smacked up in fantasy land. There's hardly any benches. There's strollers everywhere. You know, there's like these stroller parking situations that you have to find a spot for your stroller and then go in yeah. line. I'll say the, the Winnie the Pooh, um, not the honey pots, but the kind of the well, I guess it is the honey pots, right? It's indoor, so it's a real nice line. And then throughout the entire line, there's stuff every 25 feet for kids to play with. That was great. So it makes it very. It's not the only ride that had that sort of thing. Dumbo in it also had like a playground area that was air conditioning while you wait. It's very smart, so um, don't be too afraid of that. You know, there's plenty of play uh, areas where even lines can become a, an advantage for you. I think like with Magic Kingdom, I'm. I'm definitely open-minded to give it another chance, but it was it was my least favorite day for it's us. Not the as one well. we'd say, man. If we had to pick one and go back to, no. it wouldn't be that one probably. Well, and I think that it's it's because we saw ten percent of it. You know, we we saw so little of it. We did go to the Crystal Palace for lunch, which was a buffet, and it had the Winnie the Pooh characters. That was so fun. The kids loved it. The characters were great. So we saw Eeyore, Winnie, Piglet. And Tigger. um and Tigger. Now again, like our kids aren't really huge Winnie the Pooh fans. I mean, we have a little vinyl that we play for them and we sing the songs and dance around the living room, but they don't really watch the cartoons. But man, I'm telling you. Ran. When they show up <laughs> to the table, our children ran to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sweet. Delicious buffet and they have gluten free donuts there. I know, right? Enough Nothing else said. to say. Enough said. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, day three. I think by day three, we went to Hollywood Studios. We kind of had our, our sea legs a little. We knew what to do at Rope Drop. We knew we were either going left to Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, or we were going right to Toy Story Land. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
Hollywood Studios. I think it was our best day. And it was, I think we could have been there a whole other day. Mm -hmm. Well, we were there from rope drop to almost closing. We were there from basically eight to eight. And our kids were actually pretty well behaved the whole time. So, so, so we had our fast passes set up, but we did not have a fast pass for like the fun uh, roller coaster for kids in Toy Story Land, the Slinky Dog Dash. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell the story because it's pretty crazy. So I said to Adam, this is our chance. It, this is a, a roller coaster that Peter can go on. It's family friendly. Peter can go on it. Norday's going to love it. It's Slinky Dog. It's all of our favorite Toy Story characters. Our kids love Toy Story. Like this is our element. We love Toy Story. We love. I mean, come that's, on. That's that was of, that was the movie. I mean, that's one of the first movies I ever saw in theater. Was Toy Story the first? Which Toy Story. be prepared to just have a little bit of childish awe to yourself too. <laughs> oh, I was reparenting all my child. over Hollywood Studios because it's all your memories. <laughs> yeah, this I feel like it was. It's basically made for like millennials, you know, because I mean there is some older things like Muppets and like Indiana Jones, but I feel like this is the place for millennials. Um, anyway, and their children, because there's like cars and Disney Junior things. Anyway, so we go, we start, we, rope drop, we start walking back towards Toy Story Land. Oh, we were walking quickly. We were walking fast, <laughs> so we got the kids, yeah. and we start getting in line. Everyone that is walking back there, hundreds of people are all going to Slinky Dog Dash. So we're near probably the front third. We get in line, and you got to understand this about Peter. Peter and our friends will verify this. We go to a birthday party and Peter is is standing near me or Adam watching for an hour. You know, he's literally standing and watching. He will not be pushed into a situation. He doesn't like things being sprung on him. He doesn't like, oh, Peter, we're going to go do this. Oh, Peter, we're going to do that. He takes time for transition. And one thing we did not prep him was the fact that that the cast members were going to have to measure him, meaning he was going to have to stand next to something and be measured. So we get in the front of the Slinky Dog Dash. We're at the point where we're ready to go into the official line. Now, for this time, we've basically been walking through the whole park with the crowd moving. We get up there, and, and they are really being kind of particular. He has to stand with both feet together, Flat on the ground with his head like straight. Now, he is at this point a very active two-year-old. That was not what he had planned. And so he basically has a meltdown. And like dozens of people are streaming by us. Like, and he's completely melting down. Yeah, you can feel like a slow motion. Your dreams are fading <laughs> away from you. This is it. This is the moment. I am like, if we don't get on this ride right now, it's 90 minutes the whole day. And this is our chance. And so he's melting down. People are just streaming by us. And I said, okay, where's Rider Swap now? You got to go fast because people are still going. People are still coming. So Rider Swap is basically a godsend for people with young children or people that need to be, need, need to go on a ride in waves. You can go all, your whole party has to go to the Rider Swap person that scans your band and basically, um, it means that half whoever is going first on the ride with your party goes through and goes through the line and goes on the ride. And then when they come out, the other part of your party basically gets a fast pass just for that ride. It's basically a special fast pass. So we get out of the line. People are streaming into Slinky Dog Dash. I admit, I was very stressed. I was feeling super frustrated because we had gotten early, up early, just so we could do this. Um, 
so we go get our rider swap and I said, are, is my daughter and I, are we going to have to get to the back of this line? And she looked at the line and she looked at us and she said, you know what? I'll give you all this. And so wait 10 minutes and then you can just go through the fast pass line. I was like, oh, oh, great. Awesome. So that would mean Norday and I wouldn't have to wait. So we're all, we're waiting for 10 minutes. Peter really like has a change of heart and decides that he wants to get measured. He basically says that. And so we were like, well, let's see if he actually will be measured. So we go back to the same lady. Peter stands there, gets measured, and she says, okay. So Adam and I look at each other and we realize we actually can all go through the line and then turn around and use what was part of our rider swap and basically ride it a second time. Yeah, we're not missing anything. Our next fast pass isn't coming up, so... So what turned into like a super stressful situation actually turned into us being able to ride the ride twice. Yeah, because we we stood in the regular line like any normal person Yeah, and it was about 25 minutes at that point. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad. So anyway, all that story to say is we actually went from not having a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash and then having a toddler meltdown. To not being able to go. To not being able to go. And then it being a stressful, super stressful. To end up riding twice. <laughs> like Disney, like stereotypical family stress meltdown moment to like everyone's happy we get to ride twice. So all that to say is um, <laughs> one of my favorite highlights from Hollywood Studios is Peter was sitting next to me on that ride. And it's smooth, but it's super fun. It's adorable. It's so cute. And he giggled the whole time. He giggled and laughed. He didn't cry. He wasn't scared. It was, it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. then we got met by Wheezy at the end of the ride singing to us. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. So, you know, all that to say, embrace, you know, the uh, unexpected things that happen to you on that. Because sometimes they can really turn into a, uh, a positive. <laughs> so... So we spent um, considerable time. We spent about two and a half hours at Toy Story Land just because we really took in all the details. The details were incredible. And in just about every park or every section of the park, they typically have some sort of interactive um, sort of impromptu thing going on. So, for instance, there are army men that, mar- you know, the little army men that you played with as a child and from the Toy Story movies, they'll come out and they'll do some activities with people. There's, um, I mean, we haven't talked about Star Wars yet, but there are Star Wars, uh, you know, elements there too. So in every little bit, you know, they'll tend to have, there were barbershop singers uh, somewhere where we were going through in, in some of the parks. So um, it's it's not, you know, like you can just be kind of in the park and you're having an experience. It's not even on a ride, you know. I think for people that like to people watch, Hollywood Studios is a great place for it because there's lots of places to sit. There's good food. There's good snacks. Uh, I don't know. I just, there's so much to look at in Hollywood Studios. Again, I, this was our favorite. And um, so some other highlights is uh, Peter got to meet Olaf. And of course, Nora loves Olaf too. Um, but again, if you could realize how shy Peter is, and then we see Olaf and it's our turn and he just runs to Olaf. I mean, it's so sweet and so heartwarming. And Norday was adorable with all the co- uh, the characters as well. And then, honestly, I could have just spent hours and hours and hours in Galaxy's Edge, which is the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. Which you sent, instead spent about 45 minutes in the line <laughs> doing the writer swap. So you, <laughs> yeah. you took the took the bullet for us. But Peter was taking a nap. So, yeah, I ended up so walking. So on the Millennium Falcon. Ended up walking around quite a bit. Norday and I got in line, and you waited with Peter. And you got to kind of wander around with Peter 
and that's the nice thing of it. Norda and I stand stood in line, but we waited. And there's it will say on the Disney app like how long it, the line is expected. And so we waited until about four or five o'clock, and the line was only about fifty minutes at that point. But really, I'd say it only took us about forty minutes to get through. And every single square inch of that line was beautiful. Everything had been touched by an artist. Everything felt like you were in a movie set. Like if the people weren't there, there could have been a camera on us. Mm-hmm. You there know? were Star Wars, uh, like stormtroopers walking around all the time. Yeah, and the stormtroopers had like this rebel following, yeah, following them and like shushing people, like not to give them away. And they were like sneaking around the corner and like looking over the edge. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. And the food there was the best quick service food. You will get well. Uh, let's. I mean, it's very ethnic food. So if you like that sort it's of out like of this world, it's huh? intra- Yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it. You know, you could you could place it, but it was still very unique. But um, definitely, like try to get there for for a quick service meal. So we That's went to Docking Bay Seven, and apparently the little roaster place is really good too. We went to Docking Bay Seven. We used our app again. Use your app, people. Order the food ahead. Tell them you're there. It was done in five minutes. Um, it was so good. You had some kind of... Uh, the vegetarian option. Vegetarian meatballs. Yeah. It was incredible. Great. I had a gluten-free like salad with like some kind of chicken and whatever that dressing was. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. It had like golden beets in it, too. Oh, it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. I think I could have spent a lot of time. And all right. So one thing we haven't talked about is I did sign us up for Memory Maker, that is the um, that is where you can get your picture taken by the official people that are all around all of the parks taking photos. Yeah, I think it's anywhere that Disney takes a picture of you, basically. Either the people taking pictures or the rides when they take pictures. Yes, that goes automatically you can to you. Them, yeah. I don't, how in the world on the ride do they know that it's you? You have to, you have to, um, you, at the end, you have to identify which one is yours. I didn't do that. No, I never did it either because I never liked those pictures. It, but it you can knew. if you want them. It knew. Yeah, it might have some of that in it too, but maybe if you did a fast I'll, pass, it needed So anyway, I bought that. And I will say, I think it's worth it if, I don't know. I think it was worth it. We didn't really use it a total ton, but the pictures that we did get, get I'm really glad that we got them. Um, all the photographers were super great. So yeah, the advantage is that they kind of have some, some, um, they kind of have some authority like wherever Mm -hmm. they are. So like they're, they're positioned at all the key places in front of the Epcot ball, in front of the castle, in front of the Millennium Falcon. So if you want a picture well done where you can actually pose, they'll keep people out of your way. Like, you know, you can't just you know they they have some clout so it's a lot easier to get those iconic photos from them but i think it was worth it for sure i mean that one i would say would not be a must but i think it was money that i don't regret spending yeah um so yeah highlights there i mean obviously it's nice to nice to walk around you know a a part of your childhood right in in star wars uh but i think it's still kind of maturing but definitely enjoyable and toy story mania was crazy fun <laughs> yes so, so fun so um, fun the kids met fancy nancy there yeah we saw the frozen show peter fell asleep of course they have just a real nice uh star wars show that's mm-hmm. every like hour and a half or something like that that was really fun anyways we we never didn't find something you know fun to do at at uh, uh hollywood studio so we didn't even go to the car section. we were there all day yes we what loved can you it. say so day four 
Okay. Epcot. So Epcot was the closest to our resort. And we're like, oh, this is so great. It's like 10 minutes away. But I think I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And then we had to, security felt like it was really long. I don't know. Something was off about Epcot. I'll just say this about Epcot. If we could have just carved out the two hours that we spent in the World Showcase over in the Norway section and then just went back after that, it would have been a great day. Yeah. So here's the thing about Epcot. They have like, there's a lot at Epcot, but it's not for a place for little kids. It was never where the movie stuff was to begin with, so they really had to retrofit it, I feel like. Yes. Which they're doing a good job of doing. First, we went to the Finding Nemo section, right? So there was a little interactive thing there. There's a little bit of aquarium section. I wish that we would have spent... I didn't know yeah. that there was an aquarium. There's quite a bit of there, yeah. There's basically an aquarium in the Finding Nemo section, so... You need to have time for that. We didn't even go to the second level and see all of the little exhibits. We did not have time for that. Our fast passes, our reservations were tight. We had the Finding Nemo. We had we walked in for that, and we did the um, Turtle Talk with Crush. That was super cute. The kids liked it. But then we had to kind of rush because we had breakfast reservations. In Norway. In Norway. <laughs> As you do. You know. At the Storybook Dining. I think it's called like um, Asker House. Um, anyway. So we were rushed at Finding Nemo, and I do regret we didn't spend time at the aquarium. No, we just never went back, yeah. So we did the storybook dining, which is basically breakfast with all of the um, the princesses. The big four. That was awesome. Yeah. And the, the restaurant was beautiful. It was kind of, I don't know what kind of Norwegian, maybe it was like a... I don't know. Kind of felt like a Norwegian castle. I don't even know if it was authentic, right? But the but the but the nice touch, especially to Epcot, right, is that they had all the wait staff and the people manning the areas in each of those international areas. Because if you're not familiar, Epcot has kind of a world international feel to it. Japan, Mexico, China, yeah, uh, Italy. All the people in that restaurant and in the Norway area were from. Norway. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very immersive that way, and it's a very nice way to get to know a lot of other cu- uh, cultures, right? It's very authentic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a breakfast platter, and then there was a little bit of a buffet situation. But the main reason we went there is because Belle, Snow White, Ariel, Aurora, and Cinderella. Oh, that's five, hun. We meant five princesses. And I would say that those princesses were on point. Our Snow White was great. Our Aurora was awesome. Norday had never even seen Sleeping Beauty, and she loved Aurora. And I'm pretty sure that's where uh, Peter fell in love with Ariel. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, you're right. And watching, then we went on her ride. He's been watching Little Mermaid since we came back. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> he said, Ariel has red hair. <laughs> so then we get out of there. Before we went to breakfast, it was 50 minutes to meet Anna and Elsa at their Norwegian house. And I thought, oh my gosh, but we're going to have to wait in that. So we get out of there and then we go and get on the frozen ride. Now, the frozen ride is right there in the Norway section. You just walk straight to it. It's a boat. It's super cute. The little animatronics and the singing. But here is where I feel like all of the money I spent on the money maker, or money maker, listen to that, memory maker photo pass, the photos that they take of you. It was perfect. I'm going to have to put this on Instagram. (laughs) So there's this part on the frozen boat ride where the boat goes down and (laughs) and it takes a picture and everyone on the boat smiling. It's not a scary ride, though we're about to go downhill. Except if you zoom in. (laughs) 
<laughs> Peter. <laughs> he has his eyes are huge, and his his teeth are like ooh, hmm. and he's obviously not scared. What would the word be for that? <laughs> Apprehensive. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like the biggest, like Macaulay Culkin type of like uh, exaggerated <laughs> childhood, you know, shock of what's going on. <laughs> Look to his face like he saw a ghost. Or it something. was amazing. I'll put it on, on Instagram. Um, so we had super fun there, and then we went, and when we got out of that, it was only fifteen minutes to see Anna. Also, we walked right in. Peter didn't care about Anna at all. Honestly, she was kind of so-so. But then Elsa was right there. Well, I don't skip this. You fell in love with the house. Oh, it's true. Their house. Now it's not their real house because they live in a castle. But that's it, their summer home. Huh? Yeah, sure. But um, but it was just so well well done, right? All the decorations and everything oh, made you want to live in a in a Norwegian cabin. Yeah, the details. I mean, I just love that Disney. Even though you're like waiting in line, the de- the details are everywhere, so you're not really bored waiting. I almost feel like I could have spent more time looking instead of just like we walked right through Yeah, because there was no line in yeah the there house. was no line <laughs> so anyway okay so then we should have just gone home <laughs> but we thought we would tough it out and it just was not the park for a little they kid. actually like spaceship earth <laughs> yeah so that was fun i will say that they seem to be doing a um big hero six type uh exhibit there um, in kind of near the near the ball there. So as as I was saying, they're trying to work some of these newer movie elements into it. Some of the underserved, you know, newer movies, and I feel like that's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to see Baymax, the little robot. But that after that, cute. we took a little tour around the around well, the lake. No, we did meet Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope. That's true, and they love that. But then we should have gone home. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing: food and wine festival is going on. If you do not have young children, like if you have older children or if you have grandparents coming with you and it's just you and your partner or just you, I don't know, you and your friends, like it would be awesome to spend time in the World Showcase. And Adam and I were like, well, we can't not go because we had all these snack credits that we had saved up. And and this is where you want to use them if you can. Yes. And at the Food and Wine Festival, there's all these additional stands at each of the countries. So there's like Canada. There's poutine at Canada. There's camperinas at Brazil. There's stuff. There's crepes in France. Yeah, all the alcohol or like any of the drinks or snacks or food is all very uh, authentic. So yeah. our kids did not have a good time with that at all. And Adam and I were trying our best to enjoy it. We were only hanging out because we had a four o'clock reservation for an early dinner that if we canceled it there, I don't no know, there's like a significant fee for, yeah, for our table service, sit down dinner. We would have gone back if not. Anyway, we'll just let you know, we got through dinner, we had a toddler meltdown and we got back and we thought, wow, that two hours at Norway was awesome. Let's forget the rest. <laughs> All right. So then we'll wrap this up really quick. So our, our last day was Friday. It was our pool day and it was our rest day. And one thing that was really fun is our resort had this Surrey bike where Adam and I could both pedal side by side. And the kids sat in front of us and had this cute little like covered situation. And we uh, rode twice around our resort. That was super fun. Um, yeah, that was I mean, great. try to take advantage of what's in your resort, even if you just have kind of a half day to do it. You know, we went to the pool there. We got the bike. Um, it turns out and in, in the evenings, they uh, they had a little pop up screen that they would show 
uh, Disney movies at the pool. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Free popcorn and stuff. Like they said, they had an awesome arcade there. The food court there was was actually rather you know good for um, for what you got. So uh, you know we had fun taking advantage of the resort. Try to you know do something there because you're likely to find quite you know some hidden gems of activities and stuff there. It was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. So then we went to. Um, so our idea was to kind of celebrate Peter's birthday, we were going to go to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Um, our last night of our big Disney vacation before we went home the next day. So we had dinner at 1900 Park Fair in the Grand Floridian. Okay, so that was amazing. Again, shout out to Danielle, um, who helped me get that reservation. It was perfect. We walk in. There's a professional jazz band playing in the lobby. It was beautiful. There was the humongous, ginormous gingerbread house that is like floating around social media right there. We saw it. And then we had another incredible buffet that was so good. You loved it. No, the best buffet I've ever had. (laughs) Everything about the experience was so fun. I mean, so then who we got to meet was uh, Cinderella. Cinderella was there. Uh, We got to meet her a second time. And then her um, wicked stepmother, Lady Tremaine. And she was an absolute hoot. The thing about the characters is if you get a good character, they really start to interact with you and they are in total character. And like she was super snooty and she wanted me to hand her the book for her to sign and I didn't pick up on the cue. So then she was like, you know, kind of talking under her breath. It was hilarious. And then the two stepsisters, um, Anastasia and Drizella, came out and they were just goofballs as well. It was hilarious and wonderful. And so then we got on the monorail, got to skip um, security, and we went back to Magic Kingdom for the part- Christmas party. And here's the thing. The Christmas party didn't officially start till 7. They, they have anyone in the park that's at the park normally has to leave by 6. And the cast members are actively, like, filtering people out that if you don't have a Christmas party band on, you have to leave. So we got there about 5.30. So we were there a little bit early. So let's just quickly run down the Christmas party. I think it could be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the seasonally rainy weather of of Florida. Well, and it wasn't just like Florida rain. It was cold. It was cold Florida rain. Yeah, it was unseasonably cold. It was like this steady rain from 6.30. No, it was like 6. No, 6.15 because we were standing in line. From 6.15 until we left at 11 o'clock, it was a steady, cold rain. Yeah, drizzle at best, complete downpour at worst. So that really put a damper on our plans of, again, hitting up a few more rides that we missed out. <laughs> couldn't, do the, couldn't do the mine train. Yeah, couldn't do the mine train. Peter fell asleep, I think, so you know, for quite a bit of it, so he was sleeping for and a And they actually had to cancel one of the shows that we were really looking forward to. Um, we did have pretty good seats for the parade, and the parade was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But the rain was a damper. So some positives. Um, Norday and I went on Aladdin's carpet ride, and we saw that right there was where they were going to have special characters of Aladdin... Abu, Jasmine, and the genie come out. And so she and I were third in line, and we got to meet Aladdin and Abu. And they're not normally there, so that was super fun. Yeah, it's one of, apparently one of the advantages of the Christmas party. They bring out the rarer um, costumes, so the rarer uh, characters show up. Moana was there. Um, I wanted to see Moana so bad because she is my favorite. Uh, but it was like 
a very, very long, it was like more than an hour. It was probably like an hour and a half to see her. And again, it's already seven o'clock and we have young children. So that didn't work out in the rain. (laughs) Yeah. So we were already trying to keep up our spirits. So what was cool about the, um, about the Christmas party? Well, what could be cool about the Christmas party is there are all these different stations all around the park in the different lands. So in Tomorrowland, Frontierland, Fantasyland, all the different lands, there are cookies and refreshment stations. So you had like eggnog, you had um, hot chocolate or hot cocoa. You had different kind of cookies that you just kind of wander around and pick up. Um, so that would be cool. We didn't really get to take advantage of that because of the rain. The other advantage, it is kind of like very close to having a fast pass for just about you know, at, at least yes. everything that's not super busy. So the mine train, for instance, might be still kind of backed up, but we walked right on to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Can't do that normally. Mm-mm. I think we walked pretty much on to the Speedway there. Can't remember if we did Buzz Lightyear that night or the night before. No, we didn't the other night. But, um, but just about everything we went to, uh, the Barnstormer, for instance, we rode two or three times oh, yeah. in so a Peter, row. Peter so. actually loved this little Barnstormer ride, which... I was scared half to death because it was like super tight and very like, fast. Yeah, it was very fast and kind of rickety. But Peter loved it. We yeah. went on it three times, yeah. and then we could have gone on Dumbo. I mean, there was no line for Dumbo. The aerial ride, there was no line for it. We yeah, we even, got right back on. We got off it, and then literally they let us like go under the rope and go on it again. Yeah. I, I think that fed Peter's obsession. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that was the second time. <laughs> yeah. So he was all about that. Um. Yes, we could have gone on the mine train again. The rain. Uh, let's see. We went on the Aladdin carpet. So we got to. We. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It you really could have could just have been, been to anything uh, and uh, gotten pretty close. Well, to the fast Splash pass, Mountain but. was open and Big Thunder Mountain was open. Yeah, it's exactly what you wanted to do in that weather, right? Yeah, <laughs> go get wet on another ride. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, the reception on it was pretty well mixed, and that was another case where you know when everyone left. Everyone left at once, so it was quite a an ordeal getting out too. It was it was kind of a strange end to the um, vacation, but um, eh, it didn't yeah. didn't keep us down. We still had a great vacation. I would say the again the bus situation was its own thing. I wish now because every because of the weather, everyone left at the same time after the first round of the fireworks. There was going to be a whole, a second parade and a second round of fireworks, but. The rain was just driving people out. Yeah, you got to burn that midnight oil at the Christmas party. Yes. If you go. I think the Christmas party would be great, one, if it didn't rain. Um, but I think the Christmas party would be great if you were in Florida and you weren't planning to have a Disney experience. I think it would be such a fun, like, kind of, not a cheat, but kind of like a back backdoor entrance to have a little bit of a Disney, like, you know, have a Disney experience without having to do the full week. Yeah, if the rides were open the whole time till like midnight or something, mm-hmm. that's uh, un, like, precedented access to those rides. So if you wanted to do Magic Kingdom, that'd be the cool way to do it. <laughs> totally. I think that would have been a good time for us to call the minivan, which is basically Disney World contracted with the Lyft app, kind of, which is kind of like Uber. Um, and you have a, a red vehicle with white polka dots that looks like a mini, you know, a mini themed vehicle that I, we should have done that instead of ride that bus. <laughs> yeah. All right. I had a couple last minute tips that I just wrote down just thinking about. Um, we did, we tried not to use our snack credits on water, um, because we brought our water bottle. I had a hydro flask and I have attached a Berkey water filter, which filters all the water. And there are different water stations around the parks and also at the quick 
service um, restaurants, you can ask them for a glass of water and they will give that to you. So we saved a lot on our snacks, um, not using those for water by just refilling our water bottle. Also, I feel like if you got a resort that was a little bit better located in proximity to the parks that you really wanted to be at, I think taking a break right after lunch and then coming back at five or six o'clock is probably the ideal. I think maybe we were just newbies and then our resort was pretty far away. That's something I would do a little differently. And then also I think I would want more time at Animal Kingdom. I would probably skip Epcot or get a park hopper for Epcot. So we would just go do the frozen stuff again and then leave and go somewhere else. Um, and then I would definitely want more time at Hollywood Studios. I yeah, think. we had a great time. Yeah. I mean, we even got teary-eyed on the Magical Express on the way to our resort. Yeah, sure. And that was also sweet, too, to see that, like, it wasn't just us. We were having a special time with our family and our children. Like, there were a lot of people that were having treasured memories. And I think that I think that that is probably what is so special to so many of the people. They figured out how to do Disney the way that's right for their family, the right kind of pace, the right kind of food, the right place to stay, their favorite rides. I think that that is the secret is that the Disney super fans, like they know what is their speed and they stick to that lane. And so then it's all just like pure memories. And pure enjoyment, yeah, because mm-hmm. they just know what they like. Well, thanks for coming back on the podcast, hon. Absolutely. My this pleasure. is what happened uh, with when the Graham family went to Disney World. We had a great time. It was an adventure. We came, we saw, we ate the ice cream. Um, <laughs> Survived. <laughs> we ate all the sweets. I think our children never had so many sweets in Every half an hour. Five man. days. <laughs> I mean, they were, I'd also say they ate more in those five or six days then they probably do in two weeks at home <laughs> all right thank you Hans, for being on the show with me again on here's what happened when the grams go to disney world another long episode i guess we're a little long-winded well we got a lot of fun things to uh to talk about <laughs> yeah i hope if you're listening and you've never been to disney that you feel excited to go if you want to reach out and ask me any more specific questions um, just email me it's leah at smallqueendom.com i'd love to chat with you about it would i call myself a super disney fan no i do admit though when the disney plus subscription service came out i was really excited to watch some disney movies though especially after our trip so that's all for now just a reminder if you're listening to it when i publish Next week after Thanksgiving, there will not be a normally scheduled episode because I will be traveling for the holidays. Um, And then there will be one or two more episodes before Christmas. And then I am going to join the holidays with my family. And we'll be back with bells on in 2020. So I'm going to say goodbye the way I normally do. Go out there and make this week matter. Believe in your dreams. I believe in you. Bye-bye.